Just so you know, uh, tonight at Horizon Church, uh, right in that area, is the Big Ten event for Nick Vujicic. Uh, he's been meeting down there this weekend, and I know a number of you have gone already, but we would just want to remind you of that. That's happening tonight. We have tickets on the uh, patio at the information counter if you would like to go down tonight and find out uh, what that's all about. It's going to be an amazing event like we had here at Riverview. What, just an amazing weekend with Nick, and he is meeting down at Rancho Santa Fe and Horizon Church. Hey, as we get into God's Word, let's pray together and uh, lift up our hearts to him. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to open up your Word this morning. We pray, God, that as we do that, that we would do it in a way that honors you. Lord, we thank you that you're here with us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters that are here. Thank you for this church that you've raised up, and that we can join with churches around the world today as they gather together to lift your name high, to celebrate your resurrection, to know that you are the one who is alive, that you sit on the throne and you reign today, Lord. And so we give you all the praise and all the glory for what you've done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series entitled Ordinary Superheroes of the Old Testament. Going through the major people, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Noah, Tower of Babel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, uh, Moses leading them out of slavery in Egypt, Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that had faith to believe that God would give them the victory, Rahab and Joshua, Joshua conquered Jericho, Rahab gave her life to the Lord and saved her family, Deborah and Gideon, two judges during the 400 year period of the judges, we talked about Ruth and then we talked about Samuel, the prophet of God, and then the great king of Israel who followed a bad king by the name of Saul, his name was David, we're going to talk about him today. And just those major movements, the wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and all that God did for the nation of Israel, the conquering of the land that took seven years. And after entering the land, the period of the judges, 400 years, three famous ones, Deborah, Gideon, and Samson, and now entering into the period of the United Kingdom when Israel was one nation. There would be a, a division of that nation into two kingdoms, but right now they're a united nation and they're being led in our history of God's people by David. Um, actually, the story today is before David takes the throne, but David would become the greatest king that Israel has ever seen. The prophet Samuel being that bridge between the judges and the United Kingdom, and then the three kings that each reigned 40 years during that period of the United Kingdom, Saul, David, and Solomon. Last week, we talked about David and his heart, that he was the one person in the Word of God that was described as a person after God's heart. I love that description. May that be the description of your life as well today. Man, my heart is pursuing God. I have a heart after God. Not perfect, not where God wants me yet. He's doing a construction project in my life and changing me every day. But my heart is after God, pursuing God. That's why we come to church on Sunday to lift him up in worship, to uh, sing to that audience of one, to open up the word of God in a way that is an act of worship to God. Today I want to talk about this, conquering your giants, and talk about probably one of the most familiar stories and accounts in the Old Testament, the story of David and Goliath. And I believe everything in the Word of God is there for a reason. And so I know you're probably thinking, Mel, I've heard this story before, but I'm going to ask you to look at it in a fresh way and see how it applies to our lives and conquering the giants that we experience in our lives, things that intimidate us that defeat us at times? And how can we conquer the giants in our life? 
It's an important topic because all of us have struggles. All of us have areas in our lives that need to improve, that need to change. The bottom line of our talk today is this. A heart after God is passionate about defeating the giants in our lives that seek to defeat us and keep us from experiencing all that God desires for us. We need to defeat those giants in our lives, things that are pulling us down, that are pulling us away from our walk with the Lord. I'd like you to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you don't have your Bible, there should be one nearby. I'd love you to open up the Word of God. We're going to start 1 Samuel 20, uh, 17 and verse 21. The Israelites were facing the Philistines, and every day Goliath would come out and challenge someone from Israel to come out and do battle with him. If he won, then the Israelites would serve the Philistines. If the Israelite won, then the Philistines would serve the Israelites. Verse 21 says this, And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage. He was uh, the one that was uh, handling Saul's armor, but at times would go back and feed the sheep of his father. So it's kind of a part-time job he had caring for the armor of Saul. And he ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. His brothers were at the battle. He was not, probably indicating he wasn't at the age for him to fight in the army. Probably a young man of 16 years old. That's what most scholars believe. And as he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. Hey, if we win, you're going to serve us, Israel. If you win, we'll serve you. And David heard him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. No taxes. He's going to be tax-free. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For he is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in the same way, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Let me put this in context. Saul shows us uh, that, that people who lack faith. See, Saul didn't want to do battle against Goliath. He was afraid. He lacked the faith for God to give him the victory. And we see that in every situation, people who lack faith see it from a human perspective. Saul was terrified, it says in verse 11. Even though Saul was physically head and shoulders above the rest of the men in Israel, he faced a man who was a giant. According to biblical measurements, he stood nine feet, nine inches tall. Now, there are variations in that measurement depending on how long a cubit is, but he was a giant of a man. And Saul had already proven he was motivated more by the fear of man than the fear of God. And here's the question for us today. Who will we fear more, God or man in our lives? Who do you fear today more? This fear of God is a healthy fear. It's an awesome, I call it an awesome respect for the living God who's created us. <clears throat> David shows us, however, that people empowered by faith and the Spirit. Remember that verse? I love the verse. And the Spirit rushed upon David when he was anointed. 
He was being empowered by the Spirit. We have this amazing advantage today. The Spirit lives within us. He lives within us to strengthen us and help us in our walk. But these people have the courage to face great challenges in order to bring glory to God. This is a battle in David's mind between pagan idolaters and the living God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would challenge the armies of the, and I love it, the living God? Hey, all the idols that the Philistines worship are false idols. They're dead. And the contrast is really evident here. Saul's powerless life versus David's spirit-led life. That he had the boldness to attack this challenge and to make a difference. And I want to ask you today, what are the giants in your life? What are the challenges that you're facing? And there are principles that we can learn from David's experience with Goliath that we can apply to the giants that we're facing. Let me go through a few examples of giants that probably all of us have faced at one time or another. God-related doubts. Maybe there are doubts in your heart that you need to face and overcome. Thomas was a, a doubter, right? Even after the resurrection, until he saw the evidence that Jesus presented him. Jesus showed him the wounds on his hands, and then he worshiped God. Maybe there's a God-related doubt that you have in your life. Maybe there's an interpersonal conflict right now that is burdening you. It's a burden in your life, this interpersonal conflict and how to make it right. Maybe it's an addictive sin that you can't overcome, or at least haven't yet, but with the power of God, you can Maybe it's the way you express negative emotions, anger and wrath and jealousy and all these negative feelings and emotions that you have that, that lock you in and enslave you and keep you from following God the way he wants you to. Maybe it's just taking a stand for Jesus. Taking a stand for what the word of God says. That's a giant in your life and you can't overcome it. Or maybe it's even a sin in the past. A sin that Maybe intellectually you know God's forgiven you for by the power of the cross, but you can't move beyond the guilt of it. And it has handcuffed you and paralyzed you in your walk with God. What is that giant in your life that you need to conquer today? I believe the principles that we can learn from David are principles we can learn to conquer whatever giant we face, whatever challenge it is, whatever it is that you're struggling to overcome. We can do that. See, Goliaths, if they win... We are saying to ourselves and the world around us that my God is too small. My God can't change me. My God can't help me overcome this giant in my life. My God is insufficient. My God is not adequate. My God isn't enough. And we know that's not true. Our God is enough. The God that we have who gave us the victory on the cross is enough for us to overcome whatever the giant is in our life, whatever that struggle is, whatever you're thinking of right now, whatever the Holy Spirit has convicted you of. He is enough, my friends, to overcome whatever it is that you're struggling with. See, Goliath's challenge was this. He said in verse 9 and 10, send out someone to fight. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And everyone was terrified except for David. Except for David. He started to ask, who is this person challenging the armies of the living God? Let's go back to the text. When he starts asking about who is this person, he's not in the army. 
He's a young man, 16 years old. Now, Eliab, that was the old eldest son. Remember him when the anointing for the next king happened? Eliab was the first one to come. And God was told, uh, God told Samuel, I've rejected him. He's not the one. He looks like a king, but don't look on the outward appearance. Eliab, the older brother, heard what David spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep you have in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you've come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? What is it but a word? And he turned away from Eliab toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. See, what I love about David is this. He was angry that someone was defying the armies of the living God. Here's the first principle to overcome our giants. It's this. I acknowledge God's active engagement in the world. Do you believe in a God who is actively engaged in the world today? David did. David said, who is defying the armies of the, here it is, living God? Our God who's alive, who knows what's going on. And we can give an account of all the blessings that God has given the nation of Israel. He's actively engaged in the world. And sadly, there are people, and you've probably met them, that acknowledge there's a God. But they live like they're atheists. They never pray to God. They never trust God for the strength to overcome an area of challenge in their lives. We must not be like that. We must acknowledge that our God is involved in this world. Jesus put it this way. My father knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. Is that active engagement in the world? Of course it is. And you are worth much more than these. He knows the hairs on our head. He's actively engaged in this world. David believed that. David believed that God knew exactly what was happening on that battlefield between the Israelites and the Philistines. That God was engaged in this world. Who is this man to defy the armies of the living God? These idol worshipers embarrassing the armies of Israel. The armies of the living God. Here's the second principle I see in the text. It's this. I press on in spite of the ungodly actions of others. See, Eliab, his older brother, said, hey, what are you doing here? And who did you leave the the few sheep that you take care of? In essence, saying, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are that you can make a difference in this battle? David, I, I know the evil of your heart. See, David wasn't evil. David was trusting in God, but others wanted to criticize him. Others wanted to put him down. Even when he stood before Saul, ultimately, Saul said, you can't fight this guy. You're going to be defeated. But David had the courage to stand up against this giant. Eliab was mocking David, and and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? David, you're, you're nobody to fight this giant. Don't be asking around like you can solve the problems that we're facing here today. And I want to tell you, there will be times when you're moving forward with God that there will be people around you that will criticize you, that will put you down, that will question the motives of your heart. But but if you're following the word of God and you have faith in God and you have the courage to move forward, don't let the evil actions of others discourage you. Don't let the bad examples of others discourage you. There will be people that will lack the faith to trust God around you. People that have been Christians maybe longer than you have. But God is motivating your heart to make a difference in your life. 
God is motivating your heart to make a difference in the lives of people around you or in the circumstances around you. Don't doubt God's ability to use you, to make a difference, to walk by faith and have the courage like David to say, who is this person challenging the armies of the living God? See, we need to have faith in God. You know, God's given us an amazing mission here at Riverview, hasn't he? You know, when people ask me, what's the evangelistic strategy of Riverview Church? I tell them it's God placing the people in the neighborhoods and workplaces and and friendship circles that God places them in so they can be a light to their friends. They can be a light to others. Sometimes that's a challenge for us to take that kind of stand for God. Maybe there's an activity that you're involved in that you're knowing in your heart that you should stop this activity. This is the time to do it. It's a challenge in your life to say, I'm not going to do this anymore. God's been convicting me in my heart to stop it. Maybe it's unforgiveness in your life. Someone has really wronged you and hurt you. It's a giant in your life, and it's keeping you from a relationship with God, and you know it from a right relationship with God. And it's time to make it right. Pray that God would give you a forgiving heart. Whatever the giant is in your life, God can help you overcome it. Don't live one more day being fearful of this giant, being fearful of this this circumstance or challenge in your life, being defeated by this giant. But allow the power of God to change you. When I think of uh, Riverview Church, you know, this challenge of distributing 5,000 uh, I'm sorry, that could be more than that. It could be 10,000, maybe 20,000, depending on how many houses they give to us. Hand out these DVDs that talk about Jesus, a booklet that talks about Jesus. The Four Spiritual Laws, the How to Know God Personally booklet. That can be sometimes intimidating for us, but I think about what a great opportunity to just put things on the doors of our neighbors and let them know we care about them that we invite them to our church. We want them to know the Jesus that's changed our lives. We want them to experience this God that's given us a hope that can be found nowhere else, my friends, to face that challenge and to do it with courage and faith. I like what it says in David's response to Eliab. What have I done now? Was it not but a word? Hey, I'm just asking around Eliab and you're already attacking me. See, you'll be attacked by others, and there will be people that will put you down. But he kept going. He said he turned away from him toward another and kept asking, what will be done for the person that will be defeat this Goliath? Then uh, when David kept asking, verse 31 and 32, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. I like what David says, hey, don't worry anymore, I'm here, in essence. Don't worry about Goliath. He had faith in God to conquer this giant when all the men in the army were fearful. Your servant will go and will fight this Philistine. But Saul even discouraged him. Saul said this to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. See, even Saul was discouraging David in his walk of faith. There will be people around you that will discourage you. Don't let them discourage you. There will be people around you that will criticize you for what you are trying to do at times. 
Don't let that discourage you. Keep walking forward. Don't let the negative actions of others discourage you from walking with God. Please don't say something like this. Hey, I'm not too bad. My walk with God isn't too bad. Have you seen some of the walks of other people around me? They're really bad. See, we never want to compare ourselves with others. We never want to use the negative actions of others to justify our mediocre walk. We want to say, Lord, I want to walk with you by faith. I want to take on the challenges in my life, the giants in my life like David did, and make a difference. I like what it says here in verses 34 through 37, and I said this. Here's the third strategy. I find strength in past victories. Look at the text. Verse 34, it says this. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear, which by the way, in those days, they were common in Palestine, and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him, went after the lion, went after the bear, and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. I mean, this guy was courageous. Your servant has struck down both the lion and bear, lions and bears, and the uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. There it is. Man, David believed God was actively involved in this world. David believed God could give him the victory. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul relented. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Say, I want us to find strength in past victories like David did. First of all, victory number one, you've come to faith in Christ, which is an amazing victory. My my hope would be you would be sitting here today going, yes, Mel, I know that I have faith in Jesus Christ. That's an amazing victory. You've been transformed from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That's an amazing victory. Find strength in that. But I believe if you look back on your life, you'll be able to find times when you were able to love those who wronged you. Moments when you loved those who wronged you. I've, I've, told, I've had people tell me that. Mel, I used to be able to forgive, but it's so hard now. This person really hurt me. Well, you've been able to forgive in the past. You can do it again. Find strength in past victories. To say I'm sorry to those who've wronged you. Sometimes the two hardest words to say is, I'm sorry. It's actually three words, you know, tracked it together. But I am sorry to those who wronged you. To be able to say that. Uh, I know what it's like in, in my marriage. If there's any tension and there's a tension between me and my spouse, I know in my heart, I should, oh, man, I should go and just apologize, but my pride's in the way. And, and if she comes before I do, then I'm like, I should have been the first one. I'm the, I'm the head of this family. I should have been the first to say I'm sorry have the strength to say, I'm sorry, to admit when you're wrong. Maybe that's the giant in your life. And you know it. Maybe you're free from the negative actions or or a habit in your life that's tearing you down. To be finally free. To have the courage to take the steps to overcome it. To take action. To find joy and, and peace in doing the right and godly thing. Times in your life when you've done the right thing and you felt like, you know, that felt good. Times when you've done the right thing and and that was the good thing to do and I feel free from the burden of this challenge, from the burden of this sin, from the burden of this guilt, from this burden of this unforgiveness that I'm allowing to dominate my life. I want to be free from that. Remember those times when that happened in your life. I, I can remember those times too. Just finally doing the right thing and thinking, oh, God, thank you. Why didn't I do that sooner? Take 
joy and find strength in the past victories of your life. That's what David did. Man, I've struck down both the lions and the bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. David said, the Lord's delivered me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear. And he'll deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Here's strategy number four. It's this. I make wise, battle-oriented decisions which can lead to victory. Start making wise decisions. Look what happens to David. Verse 38. After Saul says, go and the Lord be with you. And Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Now, David was probably a pretty big guy, right? Because Saul's an intelligent person. Saul was head and shoulders above everyone else in Israel. Some people think David was a small young man. Probably a man of good stature. Because at least he kind of fit. It doesn't say the armor didn't fit David. He said he hadn't tested them. Look what he says. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. I've not tried them in battle. He was making a wise decision. He was saying, I haven't worn these in battle before. I didn't use these when I fought the lion and the bear. I don't want to use them against the Philistine. These have not been tested in battle for me. David was making wise decisions as he wanted to bring the victory home for Israel. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He took his shepherd's staff, you know, the, the tool that he was used to. He chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. Some people say, was that an act of doubt that he took five smooth stones? No, again, a wise decision. He took five smooth stones. And then he took his sling in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said, as David's carrying his shepherd's staff, right? That's what he, he saw. That's what he, he noticed was David carrying the stick in his hand. But that wasn't going to be the tool that David was going to use to defeat the Philistine. He said this, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his false gods. Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. See, David took the tools that he knew of. He took his shepherd's sling, right? He probably had hours of practicing with that thing, right? When you're a shepherd, it's a pretty boring job. You're watching sheep feed in the field, right? He probably took out his sling and for hours would just practice and became really good at it. And by the way, the sling has been known to be used by armies in those days as effective weapons. He took five smooth stones with him, and he took an amazing faith in God with him to the battle. He took an amazing faith in God. I, I saw a video of a world champion slinger. You know, they, they actually have world champions in this. And I thought, this is something Riverview Church would love to see. A world champion slinger, and they took this guy, and they kind of tried to recreate how much force can be produced by this shepherd's sling. Watch this video. It's only about a minute long. Watch it. And uh, then we'll come back to the word. You simply spin it three times, stretch your arm, and open your hand. The snap heard from a slingshot is a sonic boom. So much power is released that the end of the sling actually breaks the sound barrier. 
3,000 newtons or 3 kilonewtons is equivalent to the force necessary to smash a concrete block in half. Luis prepares his sling for the test. The target is tiny, equivalent to the only area of Goliath's forehead that was not protected by armor. Three point six two kilo newtons. That's sufficient to eliminate Goliath with a sling and a stone. Goliath is now dead. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Three point six kilonewtons, I think was the word there, right? Amazing power with these slings that David used. He was good at it. And God used his ability to conquer this giant, this challenge in his life. And the Philistine, it says, move forward. And David came near with his shield bearer in front of him. The Philistine looked at David and saw that he then disdained David. He said, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds. But David had faith in God. He took his faith and put it into action. You know, I'm reminded of a verse in the Word of God, James 1, 22. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. James chapter 1 says this. I'm going to start at verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, we want to be hearers, right? We want to be hearers. We want to be people that assess a situation, a problem. That's what he's talking about here. For the anger of man does not reproduce the righteousness of God that, that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word. Remember he said be quick to hear? But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. See, we've got to take the word of God and put it into action. That's the only way we'll conquer the giants in our land. That's what wisdom is all about. The God-given ability to make wise decisions to walk by faith, to take the word of God and make sure you're hearing it, but also doing it. When you hear the word of God, you give it attention. You choose to listen to the word of God and take it in. You meditate on the word of God. You choose to think like God, to, to allow the word of God to feed your mind, but then to take that word of God and put it into obedience, to choose to submit to the plan of God David was putting his faith into action. He was standing before this giant who was a seasoned warrior, physically a huge man. But David had faith in God and chose to submit to God. And he had endurance, choosing to persevere for God, to enter the battle and not quit. That's taking the word of God and putting it in action. So here's strategy number five. It's this. I prioritize my life purpose of giving glory to God. Hey, my purpose in life here is to give glory to God. What is the chief end of man? To enjoy God and glorify him in our lives. That's the chief end of man here on this earth. The chief goal. Then this is how David responded to the Philistine in verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
then I love what he says in verse 46. And I'll defeat you that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. See, our life purpose is to give glory to God. As we defeat those giants in our lives, as we take the word of God and hear it and then do it, people will know that there is a God in your life. That's what David's desire was. I want people to know that there is a God in Israel. And he fights for the Israelites. It's a powerful, powerful thing to take what you know and put it into action. Here's strategy number six. I fight with a moment-by-moment reliance upon God. This is what David says. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's. There was a moment-by-moment reliance on God. Hey, this battle is not mine. I'm not fighting it alone. This battle is the Lord's. A moment-by-moment reliance. If you want to overcome the giants in your, land, in your, in your life, moment-by-moment, step-by-step, reliance on God, whatever it is, someone you can't forgive, an addictive sin, a hurt in your life, maybe a sin from the past, and that's paralyzed you. You need to forgive yourself just like God's forgiven you and move forward and allow God to use your life. You need a moment-by-moment reliance upon God. Moment-by-moment connection with Him. That's what the Bible means when it says, pray without ceasing. It's this moment-by-moment connection with God. Step-by-step, do you have it? Do you have that relationship with Him? Are you putting it into practice to discipline your mind to have that moment-by-moment connection with Him? So important, my friends. That realization, God is with me. He lives inside of me. I need that moment-by-moment, step-by-step relationship with him. This battle is the Lord's. He's walking with me. Then I love what it says in the word. Let's read it together. Going back to to 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says this. Verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it. And here it is, one, one stone. That's all he needed. But he made a wise battle decision. He took five with him, but he only needed one. And slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank to his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran. This is where it gets a little bit intense, right? Then David ran and stood over the Philistine, took out his sword, drew it out of his sheath. Must have been a pretty strong young man, right? This is a big sword that David, that Goliath was carrying. Took it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that the champion was dead, they fled. Here's principle number seven. Probably the most important one. I commit myself to total victory. I will not stop until there's total victory. David took out the sword and took off the head of Goliath. Absolute total victory. No more provision for the flesh. David struck the Philistine and killed him. Absolute total victory. It reminded me of a verse in Romans chapter 13. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make, here it is, no provision for the flesh. What does that mean? A provision for the flesh means, I know this is wrong in my life, but I'm going to kind of protect this sin or this attitude or this wrong action in my life, and I'm going to allow it to continue. I'll maybe say I'm sorry for it, but I know I'm going to do it again. 
That's making a provision for the flesh. See, if you put on Jesus Christ, if you put him on and take off the old and put on the new, there's a commitment to total victory. Don't stop. Don't go back. Don't give in. Like David, you are committed to absolute total victory in your life. So here's my challenge to you as we close. Run hard. David ran by faith. Stay true to the word of God, to what the word of God says, and finish strong. Have this determination. I'm going to conquer this giant in my land, just like in my life, just like David did. Have faith in God. Make no provision for the flesh. And step by step, making wise battle choices that will ultimately lead to victory. That's how we conquer our giants. Amen, church? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the example of David, this young man who had the courage to face a giant, who had the courage to face someone who was seasoned in battle. But David knew he had you on his side. God, I pray as we face challenges, not only as a church but as individuals, God, may we have the faith to believe you for the victory. God, may we have the faith to walk step by step and, and trust you in everything that is a challenge in our lives. We, we know in our hearts what those challenges are right now. God, we pray for victory. Help us to be totally committed to victory. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing this song. I will give you all.